Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report on this Sunday. My name is Michael Borky. Appreciate you hanging out. A busy weekend in Ole Miss sports, not just the baseball team being an embarrassment. We'll save that for the end. Football recruiting, basketball recruiting, big weekend for both. So we're going to talk about that and then the aforementioned baseball embarrassment. On this edition of the podcast, if you're listening in browser, please don't do that. We appreciate you checking out the website, but hop on over. Uh, to your favorite podcast app, search Rubber Report, subscribe, leave a rating, and a review if you like what you hear. Also, follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And let's just dive right in. Let's get started. No more wasting time. Ole Miss got a commitment. Ole Miss football got a commitment from a 2024 defensive back named Patrick Broomfield. He's from Clarksdale. I've spent some some time over in, uh, over in Clarksdale. Always uh, had a good time there. But anyway... Uh, seems like uh, a big pickup. People are excited about uh, his future. He had some offers and stuff. This right here is where I sympathize with the people that are talking about how they're checking out on college football. Here's what I mean by that. And this is not about this player in particular, just the, the aspect of getting recruits at this point, this far from signing day. And uh, hear me out. Hear me out. So I have often pushed back on people when they have said things like college football's changed. I don't like it anymore. It's so different. And my, my response is always, what is different about the actual football, about college football? When, when the games happen, what is different? The pecking order hasn't really changed. Ole Miss had a decent season last year. Could have been better. Had a throw to the end zone to beat Alabama. That's all in the portal and NIL era is, is how that happened. Um, but your team still wears the uniforms. You still go to the Grove. Fight song still plays. Stadium's the same. Unfortunately for Ole Miss, the stadium is the same. Maybe they'll um, be able to change that here in the near future, but the, the stadium's the same. The Grove is the same. Oxford's getting better. It's improving. It's growing. It's vibrant. And when the ball kicks off, it's still football. And in this last season, you had a huge home win. Over Kentucky, that was awesome. You beat Auburn at home. I mean, you went on the road and beat Texas A&M. I mean, it was a good season, and it felt normal and looked normal. Now, the non-conference games, people are going to fewer and fewer of them, understandably so, with costs rising and all that. But the actual football is no different. It is the exact same. And when you look at recruiting rankings and where players went, the talent ever so slightly is more distributed evenly than it was pre-NIL era. Now, the portal's bl- more on that in a second, but the, the, the pecking order's the same, and the football's the same, the Grove is the same, the fight song's the same, the team wears the same uniforms, but more powder blue, which I think is a good thing. Some of you don't, and that's okay, but it's still, that part of it is unchanged. It's this part of it, that is that feels different, and I understand why people uh, don't engage as much. And again, this is this does not apply to this individual player because this guy could go to Ole Miss and either be a star in Week One, 
or uh, you know, stick it out and and be one of the guys that you know uses his couple years in the program to develop and then takes the starting job by the horns. Maybe this is that guy, but as a general thing, I hear from people all the time that used to be so engaged in recruiting that aren't anymore. And I understand why. That's the one thing that I'm not going to push back on because college football is unchanged from my perspective. It's unchanged. Yeah, there, sometimes, uh, you know, you the roster turnovers uh, increased a little bit, but uh, okay, just the week of the game, pull out the website, look at the numbers, hell, print it out and bring it with you if you have to. But learning a new roster every year is not a difficult task. I, I don't understand that criticism. This one I get, though. Because, look, apparently it's a good pickup. Apparently he's got some offers, but it doesn't it, – he's not Centarian Perkins. At least I don't think he is, based on reading about him. He, he's not a surefire – five-star that you have to break the bank for because he's going to come in and play right away kind of guy. He might need a couple of years in the system before he can really be impactful for Ole Miss. And then you look around, and it just happened to Ole Miss. You had a guy sign in January and depart in April. So why would the college football fan in May, generally, get excited about recruiting when if it's somebody that might need developing – they might hit the portal and dip out before the, the, their talent is realized anyway. That's the kind of thing that I hear, that I agree with, and that I think they need to do something about. I, for one, I, I don't know if they could do this. They'd probably get sued. But, I mean, the NCAA makes the rules. They At least they're supposed to make a letter of intent be a two-year commitment both for player and school. Something like that. Just to calm some of this down, because I'm in a group message uh, with Ole Miss fans, and when the guy committed, and again, I, I feel like I need to be repetitive because I am not talking about this individual player. He could be the exception to what we're talking about here. I have no idea. But everybody in that group message was like, ah, he'll probably transfer anyway, or wake me up when the season begins and he's in uniform. Like That's the kind of stuff that that real diehard college football fans are talking about when players commit to their school. That is not good for college football because it's a group of diehards and they're like, ah, whatever. Not that the player's not exciting. It's just they don't think that he's going to stick around because you look around the landscape and players don't stick around anymore. It's interesting. Uh, well, maybe not. It's, it's the opposite of interesting. It's concerning because that is what the NFL does so well. If you guys listen to me on the radio show, I'm a broken record with that. The NFL does a phenomenal job with always being interesting for the fans, even when games aren't going on. Last week, we had a full news cycle, or this past week, we had a full news cycle about schedule release day. Already knew who the opponents were. We already knew who the opponents were, but they just put them in order for us, and I got jacked up as a Saints fan to look at the schedule. College football does a bad job of that in general, and now the one thing that they had going for it in the offseason is being met with cynicism. And I promise you, my group message is is not the exception. That's the norm. People are checking out on this stuff because it's so absent guardrails. But anyway, um, it seems like a good pickup for Ole Miss. They're doing really, really well in the state of Mississippi right now, uh, especially when uh, you hear from the the Mississippi State side of things. They they have with their collective the the at least publicly 
their philosophy is they're not going to break the bank or, or really even spend money on on high school recruits. They're going to do more uh, keeping their roster intact and transfer portal. They're not really going to spend on high school guys. And it makes sense. It's a strategy that's sound in logic, but um, I don't know if that's going to open some doors for Ole Miss to really clean up in the state. We'll have to see. But so far, in-state recruiting for Ole Miss is going really, really well. So I, I didn't mean to... Um, to damper the excitement of a commitment. It's just when when that happened and my phone lit up with, yeah, we'll see. That's not good for uh, for college football. But it sounds like Patrick Broomfield is good for, uh, for Ole Miss. So uh, another in-state pickup there. And again, they're doing really well in the state. Pete Golding and uh, Randall Joyner especially are two guys that are really – important to Ole Miss's recruiting efforts, clearly, and uh, the state of Mississippi is responding in kind. Speaking of football recruiting, uh, the the guy that I mentioned uh, an episode or two ago that like put some stuff on Twitter, but I wasn't really sure if it meant he was committed or not. I guess at the time it meant he wasn't, but now he is. Akalo Stone, the Georgia Tech transfer, the defensive lineman. We talked about him a little bit earlier, so uh, no need to rehash everything I said. But long story short, uh, it, it feels like this is a kind of a polarizing pickup. There are some Ole Miss fans that are critical of of this because he didn't put up big numbers at Georgia Tech. And, and my response now will be what it was when I thought he committed a few days ago. Uh, you need depth. You need guys to put the uniform on. Um, it helps when you're getting guys to put the uniform on that have been in a college system for multiple years that you're not relying on an 18-year-old to come in and be prepared, but you – got a guy that has been in the college system that will provide you depth. I don't think they expect him to start uh, or anything like that, but he's somebody that has been in the college system and you need depth. And also apparently he had a really good spring and he was supposed to have a really big role on that Georgia Tech team this year. Does that mean he's some great player? I don't know. We'll have to see. But um, if you are knocking the pickup of uh Division one defensive tackle when you uh, when you know Ole Miss's situation with that side of the ball, then you're kind of crazy, honestly. Uh, they need depth, and and I would expect them to add more. Uh, but for right now, they, they needed that, and they seem to have uh, gotten it. So we'll turn the page to hoops. Basketball got a commitment, and also baseball. Uh, after I tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Vantage Business Systems, absms.com is the website. If you are in the market for office technology and you or your business are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, check them out, absms.com. They've got office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office and you and your business need it, They've got you covered, absms.com. Podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got local decision-making and servicing for all of your loans, so you don't have to hop on Zoom to get somebody to make a decision. If you need a loan, you don't have to hop on Zoom to get it or pick up the phone to get it. It's uh, somebody right here in your backyard. And, of course, they've got everything you need with online banking, but it's a one-stop shop. All you need is internet connection, and you can do everything that other banks require you to download three apps to get. Ask me how I know that's the case. Priority One Bank, let them make you their priority. 
So Ole Miss got a commitment from a, a big man over the weekend. The, the second seven-footer that they've got in the portal class, Musa Cisse. Uh, he was at uh, Memphis and then transferred to Oklahoma State, averaged uh, seven, eight, and two, uh, the two being blocked, seven, eight, and two. Uh, at Oklahoma State, he's seven-foot-one. Apparently, he's a rim protector. That's Ole Miss's second rim protector. Uh, quality defensive big, former five-star recruit, has committed to Ole Miss. Now, him and, and Jamarion Sharp being together uh, on the floor at the same time would be hilarious to me. Uh, you, you what, what? There, there's a question about whether or not he'll get the waiver because uh, this is his second transfer before graduating, and the NCAA has claimed anyway that they are now going to crack down on getting waivers for your second transfer. We'll see if Ole Miss is able to pull this off. Um, I talked to somebody earlier that doesn't think that they're going to, but we'll see. I mean, you know, being up to the NCAA's discretion is always a, a fun little thrill ride. But uh, it, let's say he gets eligible and, and you're playing a team like last year's version of Mississippi State who who could not shoot the basketball at all. You just throw two of the best shot blockers in all of college basketball, both over seven feet on the block and just <laughs> let them clog the lane like crazy. I mean, there's no defensive five second or defensive three seconds in college basketball. So um just <laughs> just put them in the paint and say, come get it. Oh man, that would actually be really fun to watch. But yeah, there's a, a question about the eligibility uh this year anyway. You might have to wait until next season uh to see him. We will have to see, but it's another example. Uh, among many already, and possibly more to come, about how Chris Beard has elevated elevated the recruiting profile for Ole Miss basketball. He's, it's undeniable, and this is just another example uh, of that. They have raised uh, more money than I would uh, I would have believed that they could have raised for basketball at Ole Miss, uh, but they have done it. Thanks a lot to to his legwork. Uh, he's been forward-facing when it comes to raising money for NIL, but also he's got the pedigree and, and the proof of being a highly successful basketball coach, and he has raised the recruiting profile for Ole Miss. And Keith Carter would never put it in these terms, but the, the, I imagine Keith Carter's in his office kind of thinking that's why I took the risk on him because he's getting better players than Kermit Davis could ever get at Ole Miss. And he's a better floor coach than than Kermit Davis. And he's one of the best floor coaches in all of college basketball. And I, I would imagine if you could get Keith Carter unfiltered, he would say, that's why. This is, this is why. Um, I hired Chris Beard because you know he can coach and also he can get players more so than uh, coaches of years past. And there's yet another uh, example of that. Ole Miss got a commitment from a seven-foot center while also getting the commitment from another seven-foot center who leads the country in block shots in each of the last two seasons. It's pretty significant when uh, when you think about it. So there you go. Recruiting was good for, uh, for Ole Miss this weekend. Got uh, a couple football commitments, got a basketball commitment, and then baseball happened. And they got embarrassed at home this weekend against Auburn. Um, 
I don't like using the Q word because it's hard to tell if if they did or did not. It certainly feels like this was a quit weekend where, where, where the team had some quit in them. And what I find interesting is now we got the news that the Tuesday game against Austin P was canceled. And on the surface, I understand that, hey, you know, it, it's Austin P getting them to travel down to Ole Miss to play a game when neither of them are making the postseason doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it, it felt like this weekend there was an era or an aura of quit. When you get beat 16 to 4, 8 to 2, and 13 to 5, um, regardless of how bad you are as a team or how bad they've been this season at home on graduation and senior weekend, that's more than just not being very good and just getting beat by somebody who's better than you. That, 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 that was an embarrassment. Let, let's use the correct word. They got embarrassed on their home field in their last home weekend of the season uh, when they still could have played their way into Hoover. And I know that's an incredibly low bar. It's an impossibly low bar to have to clear at Ole Miss. They didn't clear it because they're not going to Hoover. But after the game, we learned that they didn't even know that um, that that Mike Bianco did not know what the math was on that, that they had a, a fighting chance or whatever. They, he had no idea. He was informed after uh, one of the games that they had been eliminated, and he was like, oh, I didn't know. Um, they got embarrassed this weekend. The season has been a disaster, and they're going to lose a ton of guys off of this team. I will say this, though, because – and honestly – Ole Miss fans have no choice. Mike Bianco is going to return unless he personally chooses not to. He's not getting fired this year. He's not getting fired next year either. Go ahead and expect that too. Um, college sports is changing. I don't want to rehash everything we've already talked about with baseball and, and what needs to happen this offseason, but I kind of have to because of how bad it was this weekend. College baseball is changing and adapting very rapidly. But I have seen some. Maybe it's few, maybe it's a lot. I don't know how many of you actually think this, but I have seen some Ole Miss fans talk about Mike Bianco's inability to coach baseball well. And and that's the kind of stuff that I'm just not going to engage. I, I'm not. I mean, th- this is a horrible season, fresh off of a national championship, but he's been remarkably consistent at Ole Miss in his over two decades of being the coach at Ole Miss. He's an objectively very, very, very good baseball coach. And I wouldn't count out his ability to figure this out. I guess that's what I'm saying. This season was not acceptable. It was not just because of injuries. He's got to change some things. Like NIL. That's got to be something that he has. I had somebody say to me, it's not a coach's job to raise NIL money. It is in the non-football sports. Football sells itself in the SEC. Football raises money on its own in the SEC, for the most part. Basketball, and yes, even baseball, do not. The coach has to do a lot of legwork. The aforementioned Chris Beard is doing that. Basketball at Ole Miss did not have enough NIL money, and so the coach decided to take it upon himself to get more. Mike Bianco's got to do the same. He's got people, wealthy people, that support his program, that are loyal to him, that he needs to go to. He needs to talk. He needs to be forward-facing when it comes to raising money and NIL because they've got to get a ton out of the transfer portal and probably need to bend some rules there as well. 
And I don't know if Mike Bianco is going to feel really good about that because he's a classy guy and does things the right way, but things are changing and he's got to change with it. I don't think though, the people that don't believe that he himself can do it, that he can adapt or he can't adapt. I should say that, that he won't be able to coach them out of this, that he's done that. I I don't buy into that. I've got two decades of sample size that tells you he's a he's a very good baseball coach and he can win games and he can figure it out. He's got to adjust and he's got to adapt. This offseason is critical for Mike Bianco and Ole Miss baseball. He's got to do things differently this offseason. Has to. That's fair. But if you think that he is incapable of figuring this out and winning games uh, for Ole Miss moving forward, I think you're crazy, honestly. And um, you have no choice either way because Ole Miss is <laughs> – Spending way too much money. I say way too much. They're spending a lot of money on football and basketball right now, as they should. And um, they're a little bit cash-strapped. And I know there are some people that think that you can always find the money. Well, that's not true. It doesn't grow on trees. There is a finite amount of money. And so Mike Bianco is going to be given multiple years of opportunities to figure this out. But I wouldn't count him out on his ability to figure this out. Things have to change, though, because this season, they're officially eliminated from Hoover. The season's over. Next weekend doesn't matter. They're done. He can spend this week focusing on the transfer portal and figuring out who he needs to go after and raising some NIL money. Those things have to happen because this isn't turning around without some changing there from him. But he can absolutely figure this out, turn it around, and start winning baseball games at Ole Miss again. Absolutely, he can. So we'll just have to see. But this season was uh, brutal. It was just brutal. So ending on a terrible note. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you again on the next. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.